0: Uh, I won't be before you very long. I, I just want to raise a provoking thought tonight that's been on my heart. John 4.4 4 says this, he had to go through Samaria. Now I told you I'm gonna talk about preacher. Can you go back to that verse and just look at somebody and say he had to do it. He had, he had, okay, I can see this is a class I'm gonna have to work with tonight. Can you look at someone else and say he had to do it. He had to do it. We're talking about Jesus. It's okay, I'm not gonna bite you. He had to do it. He had to go through Samaria on the way. next verse, it says, eventually he came to the Samaritan village of, uh, of Sychar near the field that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there and Jesus tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. That's important. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at that time because the disciples had gone into the village to buy food. The woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans women. She said to Jesus, you, you, you're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan woman. Jesus replied, if you only knew, wow, the gift God has for you. Wow, if you only knew, look at somebody and say, if you only knew, if you you could only imagine the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would give me and I would give you the living water. Next verse, but sir, you don't understand. Here comes excuses, done with excuses. She says, but sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket. She said, and this well is very, it's very deep. Where would you get the living water? And besides, do you think you're a greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well? How can you offer better water than he and his his sons? And his and Jesus replied, This way he says, Anyone who drinks of this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drank the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. That's all for the reading of the word. Usually they teach us not to read so many verses, uh, but, but, but tonight I just want to speak about for about uh, 20 minutes, if you'll give me that time, um, the art of being thirsty. The art of being thirsty. Now, I, 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 I'm a football player, a former football player, and so... I went to George Jenkins High School, not too far from here. And man, there was nothing like being at George Jenkins High School on a long, hot day of practice. As a matter of fact, I can imagine right now, just taking myself back, we had heels. And I would become so tired of running heels. And just when I became exhausted, I would say, I need a drink of water. What I begin to realize is that you're not really thirsty until you're thirsty for water. Have you ever been to the place where you didn't want lemonade, you didn't want fruit punch, you didn't want Sprite, you didn't want Coke, you didn't want Kool-Aid? Well, I always want Kool-Aid, but have you ever been to the place where you just wanted water? I mean, you just needed water because there's something about water that Gatorade can't do. There's something about water that Kool-Aid can't do. There's something interesting about H2O that it cannot be recreated. You can't recreate water, even if you want it to. It's one of those things that's so specific and individual that it's only God-given and, and so I, I, I need it I need the water and man I, I begin to think about that I begin to really think about everything that's going on in this world I begin to think about everything that's happening with the political uprising with with the things that's happening right now in Virginia and the racial tensions that's happening and maybe just maybe the world is thirsty for the water of Christ. I mean, may, maybe it's not another preacher that we need. Maybe it's not another church as beautiful as this church is. Maybe it's not another praise and worship leader. But I believe the world is waiting for the water of Christ to come forth. Now, you're saying, what is water? The Bible says in the book of Genesis that the Spirit of the Lord move upon the face of the water. You see, the first place that we see the Spirit of God move was in the book of Genesis. And the, there, there, is a, there is a correlation between God and water, God and water. There's always been a correlation between God and we have baptisms, water. There's always been a correlation between God and water, perhaps because water, it cleanses you. It's for cleaning purposes, perhaps because it refills you, it rejuvenates you, it renews you. I, I, I don't know why, but there's always been a correlation between water and God. And, and so tonight we see in the fourth, uh, the, the fourth chapter of John, he introduces us, to a Samaritan woman. Now, before I get into this, please allow me, please allow me to deal with John. Because John, he's really an interesting fella. He's he's an interesting fella. You know John, the one that wrote in the first chapter of John, in the beginning was the word, the word was God, the word was with God, and the same was in the beginning. Skip down to verse 13. He says that the word became what? Flesh and dwelt among us. John's pretty interesting. He's one of those people that he laid his head upon Jesus' breast, and he said, I'm Jesus' favorite disciple. John, he, he, he's very interesting, more so than interesting. John, he spends the entire book that he writes defending that Jesus is not just some God, but he's not just natural, but he's supernatural. That's why we see more miracles in the book of John than any other book in the Bible, because John spends time defending that Jesus, he's supernatural that he works miracles, that he does amazing things. And excuse me while I pause parenthetically. Can I just say that God is still doing the supernatural? God is still working miracles. God is still healing and delivering. That the miracles of God are not just the Old Testament, and it's not just some Old Testament milieu, but God is still doing what he did in the beginning. He never changes. John spends times defending that. It's funny because I see... I see through a different lens when I think about John. I see through a different lens. I I think about John, the one that was put on the Isle of Patmos in the book of Revelation, the one, you know, the one that baptized Jesus. Hold on, hold on, hold on. John is writing about water when he dealt with water to baptize Jesus. Let me explain this. John, he, he was preaching. He was preaching. He was preaching. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. John was spending time saying, repent for God is coming. Repent for Jesus is coming. There's one greater than me coming. There's one greater than me coming. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes up, and John recognizes Jesus. He says, I'm not worthy to baptize you. But Jesus said, Granted, to be so that the kingdom of God will be fulfilled. And John baptizes Jesus. That same John is now the writer of this text in John 4. He says there was a Samaritan woman at the well. Now, now, now there was a discrepancy. There was a tension between Jews and Samaritan people. it's almost like um you know when I was playing football we weren't allowed to deal with uh, a team named Lakeland that if we would get caught during the season George Jenkins walking eating sitting down at the table with Lakeland that would be pretty strange why are you sitting at the same table with someone you shouldn't like (sighs) David said he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies he anointeth my head with oil, my cup runs over. Let me just give you this for free. Sometimes when God brings you to the table with your enemy, it's not, for you can re- it's not so that you can retaliate, it's so that you can reconcile. That, that, that I believe that God will providentially set you up in a place with maybe someone that you don't agree with, maybe someone that you, that you may have a, a problem with, but he'll set you in the midst of that person so that you can bring reconciliation. Jesus, he goes throughout the the town and somehow he lands his way in Samaria. Like, can we just think about that? I I, I believe that no matter where you are, no, 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 no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, God has a way of getting to you. No, no, no matter how low you are, no matter how high you are, no matter how poor you are, no matter how rich you are, no matter if you're black, white, Democrat, or Republic, can I tell you that God has a way of getting to you? And that's the message that we must learn to, to preach, that I don't care who you are, what you are, what you've done, God still wants to get to you. And he, he, he goes to the Samaritan woman and he sets her up perfectly. He says, look, I'm thirsty. I know you're thirsty, but I need something to drink. He says, I'm, I'm thirsty, can you, can you give me something to drink? And, and she says, you know, she says, hold on. You're that guy named Jesus. You're I heard about you. You know, they sent me a text message about you. They they Facebook me about you because I know I know I know about you. You're you're all too familiar. I saw you on YouTube. No, you're, no, I know about you. Hold on, <laughs> something's not matching up. Reality and your resume just aren't matching right now. Um, since you know all, you do all, you're the miracle worker. Why would you ask me for something? <laughs> why, why, why would you ask me to give you a drink when you could give me a drink? There's two times that you have to watch your character. There's two times that you have to be weary that your character, it emerges before you, no matter how much you try to put on a facade, no matter how much you try to fake it, no matter how much you try to dress up and say, I'm blessed of the Lord and I'm highly favored, no matter how much you try to say, I'm too blessed to be stressed, that the, 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 the joy of the Lord is my strength. There's two times that your true character, it will come out. The first time is when you're thirsty. The second time is when you're hungry. No, 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 no. If you get to a place where you're hungry enough, you'll eat anything. I, I know that you're picky. I know that you're picky. I know that you like your queen lexine, and I know you like your filet mignon. And I know you like your shrimp pasta, whatever you eat. But if you're really hungry, you will eat anything. If you're really thirsty, you get to the first, I don't care if it's a water fountain that 10,000 people have been drinking out of. You'll drink out of it if you're really thirsty. What I've come to realize is that in this season God doesn't want people that's full. He wants people that's hungry. You see, in a world where we're having so much tension, in a world where we're having so many things happen, away with people that's full. Didn't the church have people that's hungry? I, I mean, can a church have people that put away religious ideologies? Can a people church have people that put away religious uh, 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 traditions and this and that? If you're not wearing this, you're not accepted. If you're not wearing that, you're not accepted. Can we put all of that away and say, "I come to God because I need Him and I want Him and I'm after Him"? When we get to that place, the church will be flooded because it's so full of religious tension that I'm not accepted because I sin differently than you do. And I'm not accepted because, you know, I didn't grow up in church, so I, I don't know John 3.16. Jesus, I, I, I heard about you, but I didn't know that I was supposed to give you a drink. I thought I was supposed to get my own. She's at the well, and she's unchurched. If you study the text, the Bible calls her... Calls her a harlot. You know, this woman that began to give her body away for for money. And Jesus, the Son of God, the man that created the heaven and the earth, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. This same Jesus speaks to a harlot. Now, if Jesus, the one that carried the divine, the one that was human and divine, if this same Jesus could take time to minister to a woman that they called a harlot, why do we think we're so good that we can't minister to the people that's in our circle? Jesus, he goes and he ministers to her, and the Bible says that, he says that, look, if you, you know what I had? I, you, you asked me for a drink. She says, okay, okay, cool, cool, Jesus. I feel you. I feel you. She said, like, oh, all right, cool. I'm going to ask you for a drink. But um, before I do that, how would you even get this drink if you wanted to get the drink? Because you don't have anything to get it with. The first thing she had to realize, and this is my first point, only have about three and I'm done, is that anytime Jesus really wants to help you, anytime that God really wants to help you, he doesn't need your help. You see, I think we spend so much time trying to help God when in reality, he doesn't need our help. Can I tell you that you didn't start this process called life? No, if you think you started it, please try to go back into your mom's womb again. Try, try to start, to re- recreate it on your own. It doesn't happen by osmosis. You didn't start this process, and surely if you didn't start this process, you can't finish this process. The Bible says he that has begun a good work in you shall complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but can I just tell you that if you didn't start it, you can't finish it, and if you're in the middle of it, God is still with you. He's standing right there in the middle um, because life is really a battle of the middle that we don't want to go back to where we were, but we're always reaching to where we can be. But somehow we're standing in the middle. This woman, she's in the middle of her life and she had to realize that if Jesus really wants to help me, he doesn't need my help. I, I, I know that we've, we've been, preaching and teaching that you do this and God will do that. You do this and God will do that. You do that and God will do that. But the truth of the matter is the only thing that God needs is your faith. That when you have faith in him, that's enough. Surely, because we can tell if you have faith or not because actions follow faith, but the key to it all is faith. That if God tells you to go up on the mountain, even if if you're weary of height you go up on the mountain. Abraham, if God tells you to sacrifice your son, Isaac, you sacrifice your son, Isaac, no matter what it is. If God tells you to give to the prophet Elijah and you only have enough to feed your son uh, for a day, you still do it because you trust God. That's the faith that God is looking for. That's the faith that God is looking for. She had to realize that, that, that God didn't need her help. But but, but then she had to recognize that in him, he's enough. You see, it's in God that we should move, live, and have our very being. We don't fight for victory. We fight from a place of victory. You can't win this battle. The battle is already won. You can't do anything to make yourself—God does that. Your job is to know who you are in him. I think we spend so much time fighting and competing for this, that, this, and that. And we're trying to get to this place and we're trying to get that place. The truth of the matter is, God has already called us victorious before the foundations of the world. Th- this woman, she comes to the well at noon and she came to the well at noon because no one would be there. She, she thought that no one would be there. She said, she said, if I go to the well at noon, it's custom that no one's here. And the truth of the matter is, I don't want to be seen by anyone because when you're in sin, you don't want to be seen. You know, <laughs> when, when people really know about you and know what you've done, you, you try to hide. Can I go back just a little bit? You see, Adam in the book of Genesis, when he sinned, he began to run from God and clothe himself and hide. And so God walks up on see and says, Adam, where art thou? And Adam says, I'm here. He says, who told you that you were naked? He, Adam says, well, you know, you see what happened was I, <laughs> made a, I made a mistake. And, you know, I thought that if I put this on, it will hide the mistake I made. It was really strange. He, he said, I, I thought if I, if I put these leaves around that you wouldn't see what I did yesterday. Okay, let me. 21st century contextualizes I thought that if I post on Instagram and Twitter with a filter that looks like I'm happy, no one would ever be able to see my hurt and my pain. I I, I thought that if I smiled in someone's face when they asked how I was doing and I said I was okay, that they wouldn't be able to recognize that I was really broken inside. I thought that if I just come in church and I just smile and wave to my neighbor and say, I love you, that no one would be able to tell who I really am. But can I just tell you, when you have an encounter with the divine, you can't put on facade you can't put on a filter because God the one that created us is able to see all she stands there naked of course not physically but maybe emotionally because because she was used by so many men this is the first time that she became vulnerable before the divine you see the Bible records that she had been with six men before Jesus the seventh man If you study the pneumatology of seven, it means uh, it it means completion that it was a divine setup. It was a Kairos moment. It was a moment that God had orchestrated and ordained before the foundations of the world. There is a moment that God has for you that, let me just put this in there. There's a moment with your name on it that God has for you that you can't buy your way out of it. You can't work your way out of it. You can't pay your way out of it. There's a moment with your name on it that God has ordained. I know it looks dark. I know it looks bleak. I know it looks like you can't see your way way out. But there's a moment with your name. You might have been depressed 38 years. You might have been unable to move for 38 years. You do remember the dude by the pool of Bethesda. He wasn't able to move for 38 years. Maybe perhaps that might have been you. You may have been trying to crawl and find a a physician for 12 years. I don't know what your situation is, but there is a moment with your name on it. And don't give up now because God has labeled your name on it. It took the first man to hurt her, the second man to hurt her, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, and finally, she's at the seventh man. Maybe your family hurts you. Maybe the church hurt you. Maybe a friend or a co-worker hurt you. I don't know what it was. Maybe you got rejected from one college. Or maybe you got rejected from another college. Or maybe you just can't get in to the college that you want. But can I tell you that don't give up he that has begun the good work. It's far from over. It's just getting started. God is going to do it in your life. Jesus stands there. Five minutes and I'm done. He stands there. He says, um, he says, "If you knew who you were talking to, you would ask me for the drink. If you really knew if you really knew that I was the son of God that I was." I was Adam's Redeemer. If you really knew that, that, that this is not the first case that i have ever handled. I'm so happy. Let me say this that we don't serve a god. That that that, that that's a, that, 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 that we don't serve a god. That's it's his first time dealing with sin, but we serve a God. This is not the first time. He's dealt with sin forever. And your sin is not greater than another man's sin and just because you do sin doesn't count you out. God's job is to redeem humanity and that's what he's made whole. that's what God does. God is not intimidated by your situation. God is not intimidated by your illness, your sickness, your disease. That does not intimidate God, but we serve a God that that, that he masters in dealing with situations like that. This is a job for Jesus. He shows up on the scene and um, he deals with with some things. And last thing I'm closing, he he says, look, he says, look, he says, woman, he says, you're thirsty and I have the water. You're thirsty and I have the water. You see the woman was trying to get to a position rather enjoy God's presence. I wish I had time to deal with that. I don't because we race to get in certain positions and we miss God's presence and we create problems. Yeah, (laughs) but Jesus is standing there and he says, slow down, I want you to know one thing. The water that you're looking for is standing right in front of you. He, he, he says, the thirst that you're looking for, the thing that you ran all around Judea and Samaria and Jerusalem, the thing that you've been looking for is standing right in front of your very eyes. What, what? What if, what if, what if the very thing that we think we're going for and we're reaching for and we're trying to work our way to, God already has for us. That's why the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom and all of his righteousness and everything else will be added because it's when we seek the kingdom of God that the job comes, the promotion comes, the relationship, whatever you want is found in the kingdom of God. I believe this world, what we're looking for, we're looking for things and possessions and promotions. And, but more than any of that, what we're really looking for is God's presence. She went to the well to get a drink, but she ended up getting the river of God. That's why the Bible says he'll do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask, think, or even imagine. You're praying that God just gives you a promotion. God is saying, I'm not a small God. I won't just give you a promotion, but I'll make you the CEO. You're praying that, God, let me just just make this this, this bill, let me just make this end meet. God is saying, pay it for the entire year. God always does more than we ever asked. Jabez said, I pray that you would enlarge my territory. here's the final verse I wanna give you. The reason why I believe that so many things are happening in the earth, we see things today, such as Virginia and certain things that's happening, racial tension, political tension, certain things happening. Romans eight, Romans eight, my last verse, and I'm Romans eight, it says this. I'm trying to get there, do we have that? Romans eight, 19, thank you. It says this. it says, "For all creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who His children really are." It's it it it, it it's it's all one verse. One, one, one translation says that creation is earnestly waiting for the sons of God to be made manifest in the earth. Can I tell you? that when you miss the development of your purpose, when you miss the development of what God is calling you, what he's calling you to do, you are leaving someone else behind. That someone's purpose, someone's future could very well be indicative of you stepping into your own purpose. It's not until God or Jesus, theologically speaking, it's not until Jesus stepped up on the scene and and Jesus said, listen, I'm gonna give you a drink but go and sin no more. This same woman had been with six men before. She can now be a testimony to the same man she had been with that the man that touched me is the man that can touch you. The, 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 the man that dealt with me, the man, the man that healed me, the man that cleansed me is the same man that can deal with your situation. Tonight, listen, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what it may be. But can I just tell you, we serve a God that can quench your thirst. We, we serve a God tonight that, that, that can do it no matter what the problem is, no matter where you may be in life, no matter what people may say about you. This lady, she didn't have the best resume. She didn't have the best. I bet her Facebook was blown up with people. How in the world can Jesus go by the same woman? How in the world could Jesus have an encounter with this woman? Why? Because God is a master at recycling trash that he'll pull the trash and he'll recycle it and turn it into a treasure. That's what God is amazing at doing, he, he, He's amazing at doing that. and the sign that you're not qualified could be the sign that you are qualified. But <laughs> when people say, "Well, you could, but I would, but that's God looking down saying, "That's why I want." If the band could come, I'm ending. If the band could just come and play something. Isaiah, the sixth chapter, it says this. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, he says, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. Isaiah, he he was walking us through a recollection of what happened. He said, listen, Uzziah was dead. I wish I had time to deal with that because some things in our lives need to die in order for us to really see God. That, that, that our eyes could really be blind based upon some things that's in our life. And until some things in our life die, we'll never be able to see the totality of who God is. And, but one verse after he gets through uh, Uzziah dying, after he's saying, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. He says that his train filled the temple. I, I, I have to end with this because I want you to know this. Is that back in these days, you would know the authority of a king based upon his train that when a king went to war, he would go to the other king and he would cut their train off after killing them and he would put their train on his train as to signify that I have power and authority and, and this is how I many people I've killed and don't mess with me because you know, I'm nothing to, that's how you would know if a king had authority. Isaiah said God's train was so long that it, didn't, it filled the temple. That signifies to me that God has never lost the battle. That God has never lost the fight. And the same God that's never lost the battle, the same God that's never lost the fight is the same God that can quench your very desire and your need. It says, He says, it's train filled the temple. Although Isaiah saw the train, he began to make an excuse. He says, Woe is me, for I'm a man of done. I I have unclean lips. You know, God, I I wanna speak your word, but I don't speak the best. I I say words that I shouldn't say. If it was Moses, Moses would say, I stuttered. (laughs) Perhaps if it was David, David would say, I'm very promiscuous, that I I like women. Uh, But Isaiah says, my thing is that I have have an unclean mouth and I, I I don't talk the best. But if you send me, I'll go he adds a conjunction he says I'm not qualified but if you send me I'm willing to go if you, if you take me I'll, I'll go and I believe tonight that God is saying listen I don't need your qualifications because what you what you deem to be qualifications I I deem to be nothing in your best day you're not you're not enough for him I believe that what God is doing in this season, He's taking people that others have thrown away. And He's saying, I still have a purpose for your life, I have a calling for your life, I have an assignment on your life, and I still want to use you. He took that Samaritan woman. He says, I want to give you more than you asked for. I don't I don't just want to give you a drink. I want to give you the living water. This living water will take you to places you've never been before. They'll do things for you that you've never had done before. When you drink of me, when you eat of my flesh, how do we do that? By by getting to his word, by drinking of him. We'll never, he, it's a running well that never runs dry. Can we stand tonight as I pray? God, tonight I thank you for the word that you've allowed me to minister no matter what our thirst may be, no matter what we're dealing with, no matter what the situation is, God, I pray tonight that that you do it like never before. There, there's a position that you're calling us to. There, there's an assignment on each and every, I don't care how old we are, I don't care how young we are, I don't care what we're dealing with, you're calling us to a position in you, God. And so tonight I pray that you you expedite the process of our traveling to that position. You, you allow us to reach that destination that you've called us to, God. No, no matter what it may be, no matter what situation we're in, God, there's a work with our name on it. And so people are depending upon us to preach your word, to preach your gospel, to show your word, to show who you are—that that, that, that are, that we are the feet of Jesus, that we walk out his word, that we walk out his assignment here on earth. So God, I ask that you begin to allow us to do so tonight. I pray that you allow us to experience your your amazing grace in every area of our life. Prove to us that you are who you said you are and that your word, heavens will pass away, earth will pass away, but your word will stand forever. Even as a shifting may happen in our lives, God, in who knows, 24, 48, 72 hours, no matter what may happen, God, even as a shift takes place, let us know that Even in transition, you're still Jesus. Even in a shaky place, you're still God. We love you and we thank you. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen.